battery will be broadcast in that way, so. Uh. All right, page number six. I want to know more about my Lord.
these songs in this book, was written in a totally different time than we're living in. Yeah. We've been going on and on about that, but I'm just saying, but the Lord has not changed. That's right. <laughs> he still remains. There's no shadow of turning in Him. His will is still the same. That all should be saved. Are you eager to do His will? Amen. Take part in His will. And then one day, the trumpet's going to sound. Amen. <clears throat> Scoffers say, oh, Grandpa said that. You know, every generation has said that. Grandpa talked like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. We're closer than we've ever been. That's right. Meeting in there.
let's try 223 if I can hold up that house. 223. <coughs> we're on the upward road if we're on our way to heaven. That's right. What road are you on? Amen. I know that the the, the pluralist says it. All roads lead to heaven. Everyone's religious bend is okay. They'll eventually get to the ultimate reality kind of a thing. What Jesus say about it? No, no, I <laughs> one Lord, one God, one way, one. Amen. Help us, Lord, to be on the right road. Amen. Yes. <clears throat>
glad. Amen. Amen. The Lord has not left us in darkness. I'm so glad. <clears throat> All scripture is God breathed. That's what that word inspired means. I'm glad we have the very breath of God. This word. <clears throat> Anyone have a special prayer request? Procedure coming up on the first of May, so remember him. All right. Let's gather and find our place to pray and ask the Lord to help us.
You been homesick? You been homesick? I'll ask you. I asked out here, and it's like, <laughs> yes, I've been homesick before, and I'm going to tell you, I appreciate the hunger and the desire to make heaven yes. my home. Yeah. You do not hunger for heaven. You do not desire to make heaven your home. You won't make it. Uh, we're going to have to make it our number one priority over uh, boys and girls, over girlfriends and boyfriends, over school, over playing the video game, whatever it might be, we've got to make him number one. Otherwise, this world would avert our, our thoughts and get us off track. But I want to make heaven my home. Appreciate the Lord. So good having all of you. Good having Melanie and them. We've been missing them. And uh, we're glad that they made it back here tonight. Sure are. Um, we're going to come to you tonight for the uh, Wednesday night offering. And let's see here. Brother Edward, if you would, come receive the offering for us here tonight. And uh, appreciate you. And if you would come and pray. And please, if you would, give us a song. Amen. So already tonight we've got uh, distractions. So let's let's home it back in. Let's get yeah. our mind upon the Lord. Tracy, come on. Yeah, I'm ready right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank the Lord. Brother Robert, why don't you stand and testify? I got something I got to do. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad to be saved. I'm glad to be redeemed. I'm glad that God gives us another, the Lord gives us another opportunity uh, when we are out there lost in the world. You know, I've been thinking about my friends, you know, and the exposure that I give to them and, and just how much of a blessing it is for us to be able to go out and spread the word of, of the Father to them. You know, the, the, there are people out there that are lost and that are looking for somebody to tell them about the secret. Yeah. Right? They're all they're, they're they're blind. They don't they don't understand because the world is is so good at getting your attention. It's got all the shiny, flashy lights. There's the fancy things of this world. Every magazine that you see when you go in somewhere tells you what you have to have, how you have to look. This is what you need to be perfect. And all you really need is to have that relationship with the Lord. Yes, that's right. That's it. You don't need nothing more. Everything else will come into part. But I, I just, I'm glad I have a relationship with Him. I'm glad to be saved. Yes. Amen. Thank the Lord. Also, I might add that the uh, revival in Sumter uh, uh, was canceled. And so, if any of y'all were planning to go, I uh, just want to let you know that it's not going on. All right. I feel the same this same song that Brother Pitt and Owen that I sang, we sang when we were teenagers, I think, or a little older. But the words, I've never been this homesick. Was practicing a song here today. 
uh, the midnight cry. And I got to thinking, you know, and told them about it. You know, whenever you hear a song like this, and all of a sudden there's a question in your mind, and I don't know. You ever had that? I have. But pay attention to that. I want to make it. I want this heart so ready that if he calls today or another day, I'm ready to go. No matter, I don't have anything holding me down. I'm ready to go. So we're going to sing this.
I'm, I'm ready to go. You, brother Jackie? Staying ready. I'm ready. Miss Linda, you ready to go? You are? My Lord. I'm checking it out every day. Huh? You checking it out every day? And you say, come Jesus, come Lord Jesus. Amen. So we must be ready at all times. I feel like some of you think, well, I hope I'm ready. Can I say if that's what you're thinking in your mind, I hope I'm ready? You're probably not. You're going to have to say, I know I'm ready. Now don't, don't say, well, now Brother Jeff said I should say no. No, I mean, you need to get a no-so salvation experience between you and the Lord that you know that you're ready to go. Not since the 1970s, I guess it was, have we been uh, under, or I guess I could say the nuclear family has been revived. You know what that means? That we would get 30 minutes notification of an impending strike in America. And you better be ready. 30 minutes. Some of you, it'd take over an hour for you to pray through now. 30 minutes won't be enough. You better be ready. Better be ready. And uh, uh, I haven't seen this since I was young. The things to do if you hear the notice of a nuclear strike. Huh? Y'all seen it in the news? Oh, it's beginning to come around the news again. Huh? What to do? I tell you what to do. You need to look up. <laughs> look up! For our redemption draws nigh. Amen. We need to be ready. Yeah. And so we don't know when the Lord's coming. And we Amen. also don't know when the Lord is calling our time. Amen. Let's be ready. Yeah. Let's be ready. Yeah. Let's be saying, praise God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. If we see uh, foreign soldiers on our land and they got a, a gun barrel down at you, say, praise God. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Come on. I don't ever expect that, but a lot of things happen in life we don't expect. But I am expecting the Lord coming. Amen. Uh, that's what I'm counting on. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what God will do for us. I've asked Brother Todd to preach for us here tonight. And so uh, we're going to turn it over to him here this evening and uh, get him to come on and preach. Praise God. Praise God. The, the smallest amount of smidgen you can imagine. I can I just. 
How can you be homesick somewhere you've never been? That's what I was thinking. But I know what it's going to be like because of the Bible, and I know who's going to be there, and it's going to be Jesus. Jesus is going to be there. I think whenever the prodigal son, and he was coming home, and the father was so happy and so excited, Jesus is going to be right there waiting for us. And I believe he's going to be happy and excited. And I wonder what we'll do when we enter into those gates. That gate, when we enter into it, what are we going to do? We're just going to stand there and look at him, or what? I don't know, but it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. We know that Jesus is coming, and uh, we don't know how much time we got, but I do know that we must be ready, like Brother Jeff said. We must be ready to go. We must live our lives like he's coming back at any moment, because he can. And also, we still have to continue on with our life. We still have to continue on with, with our families. With our, with our hobbies, with, with our preaching, with, with everything we got going on. We can't stop live because Jesus may come back now, right? We still have to continue on, but live like He's coming back now. I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Like right now. Right now I could go. Man, right now. Praise God. Let's turn to uh, Jeremiah chapter 22. Brother Robert, I think, Brother Robert, I think he... Uh, Read my notes when I came in. I sat them down on the table and I think he picked them up and read through them. Let's see. I met a guy at, um, actually, it was the, the man who was preaching at uh, New Beginnings. And he, um, I, I've been to New Beginnings I don't know how many times now. And every single time it's been somebody uh, very disappointing, very misleading, very charismatic, very no good. But this time was different. This time this guy was. Um, he just got up there and he told his testimony, and it was very similar to mine. He, he had been on drugs uh, for most of his life, and uh, just on and off, drinking, carousing, uh, just doing all kind of uh, crimes, and, and he, he was a bit of a criminal. He had no church history, and but he said there was three people that was really influential in his life, and one of them was an old lady. He went to church uh, as a teenager, and an old lady, he said that she was about 106 at the time. I don't, I don't think she was, but... Um, she died, she was 98, but she, after he left, he went to Sunday school, and he said for years, every Monday, he would get a, a postcard, I love you and we miss you. For years, he said, from that same old lady, he said he hated that lady. He hated her guts. And, um, and then two men, right, two men would come by and knock on his door once a week for years, knocking once a week, talking to him, you want to come to church, how you doing, how you been, can we pray with you? For years, these three people did that, and one day, he, uh, he decided to go from circumstances in his life. And uh, he actually went to a revival, and uh, he, he sat down, and afterwards, the evangelist man wanted to talk to them in a group, and he looked at him, and he just basically said, if you was to die today, where would you go? And he looked at him dead in the face, and he said, if I was to die today, I would go to hell. And he said, it just clicked. If I was to die today, I would go to hell. Right. And it just clicked, and he went, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he cried, and the man got saved miraculously, you know, everything just changed, a changed person. And then he began talking about different things in his life that God used him to do and different people he's influenced in life. And it was just, it was amazing to hear a great testimony like many of us have, because honestly, you don't hear it very much outside of this church. I'm sure there is, there's plenty, 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 but outside of this church, I've been to many, and uh, y'all have to, in different places, different jails, just rehabs and stuff, you just don't hear it. You just don't hear of the, the they're all miraculous, but you don't hear of the boom, newborn, yeah. changed, and uh, he was one of them. And uh, very, it was a blessing for me to be there, and I'm happy I got to go. Um, Jeremiah chapter 22. I'm going to read one verse. And I was praying, I was, uh, got the brother Jeff asked me last night, so I was praying about 11 o'clock, because I had nothing. And um, I had nothing but baby all day. It was great. 
But uh, I was praying at about 11 o'clock. I had no idea what I was going to preach. I was going to stay up all night and, and get it done. But I didn't have anything. So kind of all throughout the night, especially towards the beginning, stuff just starts hitting me in my mind. So I start putting in my notes. And I woke up this morning and me and baby got hammered out. So um, Jeremiah chapter 22. I'm going to read one verse. And that verse is 29. It says, O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we love you, God, and we thank you, Lord, for your many blessings, Lord, all you've done for us, Jesus. We love you, God. We thank you for your presence and your spirit, God. We love you, Lord. We want to go to heaven. We want to be with you, Jesus. But first, we've got to get through this, God. We've got to get through this world. We've got to make it all the way to the end to be saved, Lord. We love you, God. Help us in this service, Jesus, to hear from you. Help us to be anointed in our hearts, our minds, and our ears, God. Help us to leave this service different from the way we came, Lord. We love you, Jesus, and we pray in your righteous and holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray everybody said amen. amen all right um i i don't uh, i don't know a lot about um like different um theories of evolution and stuff like that i know a little bit enough to know that it just sounds kind of dumb to me but i, I don't know a whole lot about it, the ins and outs and all the science about it but some uh, some believe that uh, billions of years ago there was nothing and then something came out of nothing um, there was uh, there was space out there, and there was uh, space bacteria floating around, and um, and that's where we came from. I had kind of two questions in my head: one, where'd the space come from, and two, where'd the little pieces of bacteria floating around come from? They don't know how to answer it. They'll say, "Well, that we don't know," but you know, blah 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 blah. Um, they say with enough time and opportunity and temperature in space, but where did all that stuff come from? They don't know. But with enough time and opportunity and pressure in space, this explosion happened. Boom, right? They call it the Big Bang. I like Brother Jeff's theory of the Big Bang, right? And then our solar system was formed, right? By a space germ floating around outer space. Enough stuff happened over billions of years. This big explosion happened, and then our whole universe came into existence. That's tough to believe. That's tough to believe now. Um, and, uh, but it evolved into what we see today. Um, I heard some people say, and they believe this now, I heard some people say, um, you take a Rolex watch and smash it into a thousand pieces and put it in a bag. And in enough time and space and opportunity and temperature and pressure, in a billion years, you can open up that bag and it'll be a watch. It'll just form itself back together. Right? They believe that. Um, or, or, or it could even be, okay, you put the watch in the bag, you bust it up, you throw it in the, in the center of nothing, and in a thousand years, a, a jumbo jet explosion, full working order, right? They believe something that crazy. I've heard people talk about that, all in working order. But what it would actually be like is, where'd you get your bag from and where'd you get your watch from? That's what I wanted to ask them. Um, so they talk, about, um, they talk about putting many things in this bag. Like they want to come up with different scenarios that just make it sound so impossible, but with enough time and space and opportunity, anything can happen. Even, even um, something can come from nothing, right? But, uh, but it was a lot about that bag. So I was, I was thinking about all the kids in here. Be careful with your lunch bags. You never know when they're going to explode. Watch out, right? It could be your time. You never know. But, uh, but we, uh, me and the boys, when we went camping, um, we saw, we've, I think we've, some of us heard this expression before, but we were out there uh, on a dock at a pond, and there was a turtle sitting on top of the fence post, just sitting there, right? I think it was dead, but somebody put that turtle there, right? The turtle just didn't hop up there on its own, right? It didn't fall from the sky and land on the fence post. Somebody put the turtle there. Somebody put that there. Um, it didn't just get up there by itself. We know that 
that um, we have buildings in this world. Some are pretty crazy and pretty cool looking. And they, just, just, they didn't just appear on their own, right? An architect designed them and builders built them. Um, a painting doesn't just paint itself on the wall, right? We do have uh, painters and artists and somebody painting that, right? Nothing exists within inside of itself. Um, something had to uh, do that from the outside of the source. Um, John, let me turn to John. Um, John... Chapter 1. Sorry, I got a new Bible. I'm a little slow with it. John chapter 1. Very familiar. I just wanted to read through these um, because it goes with uh, my Scripture. Um, John, um, John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 14, And the Word, which we know is God, was made flesh, which we know is Jesus, and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory as the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word was manifested in the flesh, was made into flesh, and dwelt among us. We know that is Jesus. In the beginning, right, Jesus created all things. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how long it's been since you've read um, Genesis chapter 1, but let me read it to you. Let me read some of it to you real quick. Um, this is the true story of creation, not, um, not here by monkeys or apes or space germs. It says, In the beginning, okay, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning was the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And and the evening and the morning were the second day, and God said that the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he the sea, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herbs yielding seed, and the fruit yielding trees, fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herbs yielding seeds after its kind, and the trees yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And in the evening and in the morning were the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament and the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, and the greater light, to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, and he made the stars also. And God set him in the firmaments and of the heavens to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day, 
and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and in the morning were the fourth day, and God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly, moving creatures that have life, and fowl that may fly above the earth, and in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creatures after its kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after its kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after its kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the face of the earth after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the face of the earth. O earth, O earth, O earth. I, uh, I, I, I get, I think about uh, creation and I think about uh, uh, what people believe and how all this was created. And to me, it's far easier just to believe a loving God created it versus all that craziness. But um. But when you start looking up uh, things about our earth, um, it, it makes you feel really small and really insignificant. Um, our earth, and uh, I had to look these stuff up. I didn't know. I, I'm not that smart. But our earth travels, right, in a circle. It spins at over 1,000 miles per hour. Over 1,000 miles per hour, right? It, it goes this way around the sun, right, at over 67 thousand miles per hour can you imagine that right this 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 earth we live on spinning at a thousand miles per hour and then doing this at 67,000 miles per hour that's what we're doing right here on this earth we're moving right at 67,000 miles per hour it takes the earth one year to make it around to make one lap right that's crazy 67,000 miles per hour and it still takes 365 days to get all the way around god did that jesus did that um and it take it um we are approximately 93 million miles away from the sun um i i, I calculated this up on my calculator of course because i'm terrible at math at 65 miles an hour it would take you 165 years to travel 93 million miles Incredible. Um, light travels at 168,000 miles per second. The light that we feel in our face, the light that we see, is already almost nine minutes old. Our Earth is approximately um, 36 billion acres. 36 billion acres, roughly um, 25,000 miles around. It consists of about 71% water. Our atmosphere is uh, about 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, just perfect for us to breathe. Thank you, Lord. Um, we have places on earth, mountains, that are over five miles high. We have places in the sea that are over seven miles deep, right? Canyons that span 18 miles wide and over a mile deep. Our Earth's core is over 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That is hotter than the surface of the sun, right? Right there in our Earth's core. Some of us know what's down there and uh, we're not trying to go. Uh, but when we start thinking about our solar system, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling how big our solar system is. It's mind-boggling how big some of the planets are and how far away they are apart, how far stars are, are way apart. Um, it's, just, it's just so crazy to think about. We, we almost can't even wrap our heads around it, right? And Jesus just spoke it and then it happened, right? Um, it's so amazing what He's done. But I, I saw this picture, and this picture really blew my mind. Um, the, the, they said we only, that we only know about roughly 4% of our entire universe. 
And, and they, I don't know how they got that, and I don't know how they got a picture of it, but they took 4% of our universe, right, and showed it on a picture about that big. It was a big, uh, like on a poster. And uh, that was four, just 4% of our universe. And our whole solar system, right, our Earth and its moon and all the planets got to be about that big. Can you see that? Yeah. That's how big, right, you can't, Earth was so small you couldn't see it on the map. Wow. And that was just 4% of our universe. That's how small, right, and insignificant we are compared to all of the universe. It makes me feel small and insignificant, but, but at the same time, my goodness, it makes you feel kind of the other way around, right, knowing that there's nowhere else in that whole entire universe, there's nowhere else in that whole entire space, and in in every one of those planets, right, nowhere else where people were made in the likeness and the image of God. That little speck, that big, right, that God created, boom, and all of that happened, right, that little speck, that big where we live, there's nowhere else in that universe that people were made in the likeness and in the image of God. That's how special we are. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't just die for the birds in the sky. He didn't just die for the fishes in the sea, but He died for you and He died for me. Praise God. Uh, he, hung, he hung the moons and the stars uh, and He came to this earth so we could be His and He could be ours. Right? It's amazing what God did right? just by speaking into existence. Oh earth, earth, would you hear the words of the Lord. Right? You may feel small, but He chose you. Terry, Trevor, chose you guys. My kids, He chose you. Andrew, Aurora, He chose you. What's his name? Brody! He chose Brody, right? He chose you, right? On the, on, on the small and insignificant earth that we have. Yeah. Um, he, gave, he, gave, he gave all, right? He didn't just chose us, but He gave all to get us, right? And we should give all to get Him, right? He, the Lord, right? He has a job. He has a plan. He has a purpose for, for every single one of us in here, right? We think about how small we really are, but He's got something for you to do, right? I know we're waiting on the Lord. We're living right, right? We're living right for God because Jesus can come back any minute on the clouds, right? But we still have time to live on this earth and we can't just do nothing, right? We have to do something. We have to continue on with us serving the Lord. Oh, earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Um, earth, it, it says all the lands, right? All the territories, all the provinces, all of the districts, all the cities, the towns, the countries, all the inhabitants of the earth. Hear the word of the Lord, right? We must proclaim the word of the Lord uh, and we must hear the word of the Lord. But sometimes our actions, right, speak louder than our words. Sometimes we can go out and we can preach the gospel till we're blue in the face and nobody cares, right? We feel like that. But sometimes we can go out and live in such a way that somebody sees that and our actions speak louder than those words. Uh, Matthew 5 and 13 says that you are the salt of the earth, right? You are the salt of the earth. Now, salt has many, many uses, um, far more now than, than what it did back then, but salt has, um, salt has healing qualities. I don't know if you knew that, but in sores and wounds, um, um, salt, uh, salt water baths can, re- can reduce inflammation. Salt water baths can help people with pain due to stiffness and also arthritis. Um, salt is a great exfoliator, right? Sodium salt is a key ingredient to sports drinks, right? It helps us to replace electrolytes in our bodies. It helps our bodies to be encouraged to drink more water, right? God did that with a mineral salt, right? He did that. There's so many things that are in our body that is just crazy that if one little thing was changed, it wouldn't work right. It didn't just happen by happenstance. God created, right, in His likeness and in His image, right? Salt is thrown on the roads and snowy areas to, to reduce the rate of, of the, how the water freezes. It's so amazing what God can do. Um, salt is a great preservative, 
Um, it is used to stop and to prevent spoiling and to maintain food and its nutritional value. Back in the day when we didn't have freezers and stuff, we could just stick meat in. It could preserve food for weeks, right? And you could still eat that food. It was very important. Um, you, can get, uh, you can get food that doesn't taste real good, put a little salt on it, just right. Yeah. Some of us put more salt on food than others, right? <laughs> right? Salt is good. Um, Jesus says you are the salt of the earth, right? Oh, earth. Oh, earth. You are the salt of the earth. Hear the word of the Lord, right? Salt not just makes you thirsty, but a study says that salt also makes you hungry, right? I didn't know that. I don't know if it's true, but I just read it. Um, but uh, it also, but we do know it makes you thirsty. Um, you are the salt of the earth, right? That's the inhabitants of the earth, the people, the men, the women, the children, right? We are the salt of the earth. You are to be salt unto them to make them thirsty and to make them hungry for the word of God, right? To make them want Jesus, right? We are to be salt unto all the people of the earth. Every one of them, all of them, the good, the bad, the, the ugly, the pretty, all of them, right? We are to be salt for them um, by our words and actions that we speak. We are to be salt unto the people of the earth to make them want to turn from their ways and turn to Jesus. Um, and some of you remember Anthony. And uh, uh, I, I knew Anthony uh, when I was a drug addict. I knew Anthony when I was strung out. We did drugs together. He knew the old Todd and he knew, he knew the new Todd. Um, and he, he didn't quite understand or get it. He came up with his mind. Well, you just wanted it bad enough so it happened. One of those types of things. I just talked myself into being saved, basically, is what he says I did. But anyway, but he knew, right? He knew um, Christians from the past. He's been to church. He's been hurt super bad in church by church people, right? By people we know. I think some of us might even be related to some of those people. Um, but anyway, um, he knows he knows, um, he knows that type of Christian. But after I got saved, um, right at first he didn't believe it. At first he didn't know. But towards the end of our relationship, uh, for about two years, um, he looked at me and basically said, if there's any Christian I've ever met, then you're it. Right? He said, I've never ever met somebody who claimed to be a Christian and act and did the things that you did. Right? Um, he said, by your actions, he literally said all this, by your actions, right, I believe that you're a Christian. I believe what you're saying to me. That's what he said. Um, one time, even one thing, one thing really got him because this doesn't happen on construction sites. Uh, one time uh, I failed. Uh, there was this guy there. He said a bunch of crazy things and I called a, I called a smarter mouth to him, right? I wasn't, uh, I didn't say anything um, vulgar or I, I just, I just wasn't a Christian about it. I said something I shouldn't have said. Um, not, I didn't cuss at him or nothing. I just, I just said something kind of mean. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, yeah, I apologize, right? Anthony was right there. I got down from my lift. I went over to him and I apologized to him. I told him I'm sorry. That's not the way I should act. Blah, 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 blah. And Anthony looked at me and was just like, I've never seen that before on a construction site, right? So by our actions, right, we are to be sought to this earth. He came to church one time. He did. He came to church. He was asking questions. He was very curious about all of it, but we know how, how the devil works. Um, but we are to be sought unto them to make them thirsty and hungry for the word of God by our words and by our actions. Yeah. A little salt goes a long ways. Sometimes a lot of salt goes a long ways, right? But our lives should be making people thirsty yeah. for God. The rest of that says, but if the salt, right, us have lost um, his or her, right, has lost their savior, savor, then it is good for nothing, right? I, I read that a couple times, and I thought about it a couple times. If, if, if our salt, if we have lost our savior, then we are good for nothing. I thought about that again. I read it again. If we're not out salting the earth, if we're not out leading people to Christ by our words and our actions, if we're not out doing the things that we should be doing, if we're not salt like He commands us to be, like we ought to be, we're worth nothing. 
And then I read it again. I was like, if I'm not living a life for Christ and people are seeing that, people are seeing what I'm doing and saying, that's a Christian. That's a good man, right? I can believe in him. I can trust in him. I can trust what he's saying by the way he's living. If I'm not doing that, then I'm worth nothing. And then I read it again. And then I read it a few more times. And then I went and told Bridget. Right? I couldn't believe it, right? You're worth absolutely nothing if you're not doing these types of things. Um, and that comes right out of the mouth of Jesus, right? Think about that. If we're, if we're not salting the earth, if people aren't being turned to the Lord, if people aren't hungering and thirsting for God because of the life that you're living, you're useless. That's what Jesus just said. That's pretty bad. That, that to me, seems kind of harsh, right? Because there's a lot of people who are out there and they love God, they love Jesus, they love, they love, they love. They talk about their relationship, they can spit out Scriptures, but their life does not prove it, right? Bad fruit, no fruit, rotten fruit. They're worth nothing. They're useless to the kingdom of God. They're good for nothing, right? Uh, I know that, that uh, salt, right? He, in, the, in these verses it says, can lose its Savior. Am I, well, Savior? Am I saying that right? Somebody give me a hand. Savior. Savior. Huh? Savior. I think it is too, Brother Jeff. Have you lost your Savior? That's what I wanted to ask. That is to act, the Bible says that is to act like a simpleton, right? Have you lost your Savior? Savior. That is to act like a simpleton, right? To become insipid, no taste, no flavor, dull, boring, bland. I like to see. Uh, I like to see it as a, a loss of the characteristics of God, right? And it's not exactly what it's talking about, but I like to see it as that, right? To become insipid, to, to lose your characteristics of God, because if the Spirit of God is living inside of you, the Spirit of God is going to show forth out of you, right? That's Bible. That is, that's biblical doctrine, right? If the Spirit of the living God lives inside of you, He is going to come out of you. Therefore, you will salt the earth by the Spirit that He is inside of you. Um, I, can do, I can do all things right. I can, I can come into the church. I can, I can get up here and I can preach. I can worship. I can praise. I can pay my tithes. I can run the aisles. I can look the part. I can do everything right. I can do it all, right? And I can fool a lot of people. But if I'm not out there salting the earth, I'm useless. I'm worthless, right, to Jesus. That's what He says, right? I'm not doing anything good. I, I, I'm vain. I'm doing it all for nothing, right? Because it means nothing. I, I'm, I'm of no good, right? He says, you're the light of the world. Jesus says in John 8 and 12, I'm the light of the world. He that followeth Me should not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Since Jesus is the light, if, if, he is, uh, if He is living inside of you, that light will show forth and you cannot hide it. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I've seen sinners. I've seen uh, religious people. I've seen people out on the streets. I've seen people in jails and rehabs and all different types of places. In the park, I've seen people, right? They've heard my testimony and others when we shared it. They've heard our preaching and others and when, they, and, and, and when we shared them out on the streets, they would come up to me, sinners, religious people, people who don't know anything. They would come up to us, hear the Word of God, see our actions, and literally glorify God. Not knowing anything about Him. Not knowing who He is. Come up to us and say, wow, God is good, right? God is great. I can't believe He did all this thing. I love Him too. And then go off and be worth nothing. But you don't, uh, you don't take light and put it in a dark room and shut the door, right? That's not what light's for. Light is to shine, right? Out in the streets. We feel, uh, me and Sister Sheila talked about this before. We would feel us going out there, us getting back here and praying and making sure we're right. Making sure we're, we're full of the, the Holy Ghost, right? Making sure we're full of the Spirit of 
of God, making sure we're living a right way. We're not fussing and fighting with our wives. We're not fussing and fighting with our kids. We're doing everything we can to make it right before we go out on the streets. And we can go into the darkest of areas and you can feel that light, right, that lives inside of us shining through, pushing back the darkness on those streets. You can, we've been to the worst of worst areas in Statesboro, right? And you can smell the stench of these demons. You can smell this darkness in the air. You can see the darkness on people. And by the time we go out there and we're done singing and preaching and praying, you can feel peace out there. You can feel peace out there in the worst of areas. And we've all, everybody who's been out there has felt it. And everybody who has been out there has known it. That's the salt. That's the light. Uh, I had uh, I had a, uh, a dream one time, and some of you have heard it, some of you probably haven't, but I was in this big field, and to me, the field just looked like the earth, and it was, it was flat, and it was just thousands of people all over the whole entire earth, and uh, I was standing there, and here comes Jesus on this cloud, and I'm thinking, my Lord, like here He comes, right? And everybody's just like, you know, what is that? And they, nobody knows what's going on, and then Jesus appears in the clouds, and this is a dream now, and in the sky, the, literally the whole entire sky was filled up with Jesus, and He just stopped, and He just said, why aren't you telling people about Me? Why aren't you telling people about Me? Right? And he went away. Everybody was confused. Nobody knew what happened. One guy even came up to me and said, I didn't know we were supposed to be doing that. I didn't know we have to do that, right? But we do, right? I had a vision. It was a vision. And at one point in time, I myself didn't know. I was a real young Christian. I myself didn't know we had to do that. But I felt the Lord dealing with me to do just that. Share the gospel, right? Share the gospel. Actually, go out and share the gospel with that group of men that you work with. And I just said, I can't do it. I sat in my truck and I cowered down. And I didn't do it, right? I was a very young Christian, uh, probably just in the first couple of chapters of the Bible. But God was speaking to me and telling me to go share the gospel with those men. But I didn't do it. And I was standing right here at one point. And I was, uh, I was helping Brandon teach a class about uh, sharing the gospel. And right here in this very floor, I saw the floor empty. I saw the pits of hell. And I saw those men in that circle burning in the pits of hell. And I stood right here with blood dripping off my hands. Blood dripping off my hands as I was looking at them burning in the pits of hell. Those very same men that Jesus said, go share the gospel with them, right? We have to do it. We have to share the gospel. We must share the gospel, right? It is a commandment that we do so. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. You're more of a preacher than what you think you are. You can proclaim the Word of God without having to be behind the pulpit. That does not matter, right? And uh, I'm thankful for some of my friends in here who I've seen steps and bounds, right? Who's just been... Great, amazing, as of, as of uh, you know, recently, and are doing that and doing a good job at it. And I'm, I appreciate that because that's how you know that God is working in their lives because they're doing exactly what the Bible tells us to do, even though you might not want to do it. So I went back and I started talking to those men because I had blood running down my hands. And one by one, right? I don't know how many of them. There was probably ten. I don't know how many of them uh, are, are still saved today. Five, six, seven of them would come to me at work and they would say, I, I would come to work and the next day one of them would come up to the truck, I got saved at church last night. And I'm thinking, what? Yeah. And then another one and then another one and then another one. What Time after time again, right? I did what I was supposed to do and, and, and I believe, right, that blood is off of my hands. Right? I believe God gave me that chance and I took that chance. But if you don't take that chance, if you don't witness like you're supposed to, if you don't uh, outreach with uh, personal evangelism, if you will, to the people at work, to the people on the streets, to the people at the gas pump, especially when the Lord lays it on your heart to do so, the blood could be on your hands, right? They may get down the road and wreck and die. You are to be salt. 
you are to be light unto them. One of the wills, one of the wills of God, if you will, is, is to be salt and to be light to this earth and all the people in it. For the world, uh, for the world to fall in love with Jesus, not, uh, not to conform or to fall in love with the world. We know, uh, we know the verses, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Uh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, right? The world, and this, uh, and this I just, whenever I got to this part, whenever the Lord was dealing with me about this part, I couldn't help to think but our children, right? We've had, uh, Bridget's had, we've had, others have had, more dreams, even since the last dreams we had, about our children. And I'm going to tell you, the dreams don't look good. The dreams don't look fun. The dreams are, 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 are warnings, I, I believe, and they don't look good for our children. They do not. Um, but the world is pulling at them, right? The world is pulling at us. But for them, I believe it's so much harder. I don't have to go to school and listen to all that. I don't have to do those types of things that they have to do. Out of everybody in their school, I don't know people's lives and I, I don't know who's Christians or not, but I would expect not very many of them are. I would, I would just think that are, are not real, true, salt of this world, light of life, Christians. Uh, I, 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 just, I just don't see it. But the world is pulling at them uh, to fall in love with it. Uh, Mark 4.19 says that there are the seeds that are sown among the thorns, such as that hear the word of God and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of others, other things, right? Entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful, right? Unfruit, the, thorn, the thorny ground, right? The, the seed that falls on thorny ground. Uh, I was thinking in my head of a way to kind of to try to uh, show you this. And uh, I kind of came up with this. If I'm a new Christian and I just got saved, I want to read the Word of God. Yes. I want to pray every day. Yes. I want to go out and proclaim the gospel. Come on, thorns. Wow. I want to go out and proclaim the gospel. I want to get close to God. I want to stay away from everything the world has to offer me. I don't want nothing to do with it. I don't want anything to do with it. Huh? Oh. Oh. Gospel. Oh. Gospel. Girl. Praying. Church is 
is just that serious. We've seen it, right? We have friends who aren't here anymore. We have people we love who are gone just because of that, right? At any given point, right? When that devil pulls at us and that world pulls at us, right? Especially the fathers, especially uh, um, the dads and the ones who's got so much influence, right? The whole family can be gone. We have families that are gone who aren't coming back, who have no plans on coming back, right? They don't care anymore, right? We have so much influence on them. That's what the world wants to do to us. That's what those storms want to do. They want to choke us out. They want to choke us out and send us on down the road. And they'll do it. You might stay in the church for a little bit, but eventually they'll do it. You'll move on. You'll go somewhere else where you're accepted. You'll do it. Right? That's what happens when the cares of this world chokes us out. When we get around people who when we get around people who are not Christians, how do you act? When we get around people who are not saved, how do you act? Do you, uh, do you act like you're in church? Do you act like you just came from Sunday school? Or do you conform and fit into the world so you can fit in with them, right? You want to talk about the things they talk about. You want to get in on the things they get in. They tell a dirty joke. You might want to laugh so you don't look foolish or, or outrageous, right? You want to get in. You want to conform to this here world, right? Are, are, are you fitting into the world? Or are you separating from them? Um, Galatians 5 um, uh, Galatians, I'll get to that in a second. Um, one of the things about the kids at school, I'm going to bust my children out here, uh, and, I, and I don't think it's just my children, but uh, I, I, the kids come home from school and they, hey, my dad, my daddy, my daddy, and they come and they hug on me and they love me and everything else, and it's great and it's amazing, but they come up to me and they say, hey, do you know who Stone Cold Steve Austin is? And I'm thinking, yeah, I, I watch 90s wrestling. Hey, do you know who LeBron James is? Hey, do you know who uh, Troy Aikman, whoever, right? All these different types of uh, wrestling stars and, and sports stars, NFL stars, NBA stars, the world. That is the world. The world is pulling at them, right? We might say, oh, that ain't nothing, right? That stuff's fun. That stuff's cool, right? But it's the world. And it starts with something just that small. Just with something is, hey, do you know who Stone Cold Steve Austin is? Right? He was one of my favorites back in day sorry but anyway but when they ask me those questions right and then guess what I want to do oh yeah I know who that is I used to watch and then they try to get and I'm going I'm like no right you have to be away from that you have to be separate from that we can't do that type of thing because it'll pull you in like I told Maddox you're going to be 18 one day you're going to be out of the house and you're going to want to know who Stone Cold Steve Austin is and you're going to look him up and you're going to watch wrestling and you're going to look at all the nakedness on wrestling and then before that you're going to oh I wonder I wonder what this team's doing and you're going to look at that team and before you know it you got a TV on your wall you're watching TV and before you know it 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 it grows and grows and grows and just gets absolutely out of control right that's what sin will do to us Galatians 5 7 and 9 says you did run well but who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Right? The persuasion cometh not from him that calleth you. It did not come from God. It did not come from Jesus. Who or whatever it is that is causing you or, or to conform to this world, to want to know things of this world, to be curious about things of this world, whoever, whatever that is, you need to get it out of your life immediately because it's going to pull you down and it will destroy you, right? This world will destroy you. This world will kill you and leave you empty and it will leave you and, and you will go to hell because of it. Whoever is hindering you, whoever's causing that, whatever it is, children, it's kind of hard. You're in classes with them. Separate yourself from them. You got to, you got to, I don't want to hear that. 
that. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to know anything about that. I want to go to heaven. I want to be with Jesus. And that's part of the kids, right? Salting those kids in the school. They'll think about that. They'll think about what you say. right? We need to be separate from them. We need to be separate from that. It will drag us down and it will surely kill us. The Bible says a little leaven. Leaven if the whole lump, right? The whole world, right? The world will infect you. And it, and it, it does not care your age. It does not care what you're doing, right? A little sin, a little corruption, a little compromise, right? That's all it takes. Just one little compromise and you're at the, the, whole, the worldly church down the road. That's all it takes because it grows and it grows and it grows and it will take over, right? You should be influencing the world. Not the world influencing you. Children, you should be influencing the kids in your class. Not them influencing you. They should be going home and saying, Mama, do you know who Jesus is? Not coming home to me saying, Daddy, do you know who the undertaker is? Right? It should be the other way around. And it can be. It can be, right? 100% it can be. Uh, to influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character and the development of behavior of someone else, right? To have an effect on someone else's character and, and development. Salt, light. Do you make uh, did you do you make the world uh, want to be more like Jesus or is the world making you want to be more like it? Yeah. Peter, think about Peter. Peter has such a great influence, right? Thousands of people got saved. Um, such a such a great influence that people would bring their sick and literally lay them on couches and beds by the road so that just his shadow would pass by them and they would get healed. That's the influence that Peter had. We can have that influence too. The Bible says we can have that influence too. We should be having that influence too. Jesus had that influence. He had people saying, if I could just touch a piece of his clothes, I could be healed. I could be saved. I could be different. I could be changed. Peter had that influence and he was a fisherman, right? He was a fisherman who was saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, became a preacher, thousands got saved, and now they're saying to Peter, if, I, if his shadow would just pass by me, I can be saved and I can be healed. The influence that they had. Uh, what kind of shadow are you casting? Um, it, was, it, was, it was not Peter. It was not his shadow that these people were after. But it was after the light that was shining on Peter and through Peter. That's what they were truly after. Because without him, without Jesus living inside of us, without, without us doing the things that he would have us to do, we can't live the right way to be salt. We can't live the right way to be light without Jesus, right? First, got to get saved. And when we get saved, a portion of that spirit lives inside of us. And by that spirit, where we salt the earth and light the earth. We can't do it on our own. We will fail every single time with the light that shineth on Peter. The light that shineth on Peter is the same light that shineth on us. The apostles had a chance to change the world, right? At the beginning of Christianity. And we have a chance to change the world at the end, right? It may, it may seem harder sometimes because it seems like we go out and we, we put our heart and our soul into it. We fast over it. We do all that we can, right? We want to go out to this area. We want to influence these guys. We want to let them know about Jesus. We want to let them know they don't have to be drug addicts anymore. We want to let them know they don't have to take that drink anymore. And they run up to us. They run up to us, right? Asking and pray. I don't want to be addicted anymore. I don't want to be a drunk anymore. I want to be saved. I want to be changed. I want to be different. We shed tears with them. We cry with them. We do it. They're influenced by us, right? The salt. 
the light. They are influenced by us, but we got to get out there. We got to do it, right? We got to act right when we get out there, when we do it. We got to act right at the gas station so we can be salt. We got to act right at the schools, at the parks. Anywhere we go, somebody's watching us. Anywhere we go, we're casting a shadow. Anywhere we go, that light is shining forth. Are you happy? I'm closing. I'm about to close in a second. Are you happy with your walk with God? Are you happy with the influence that you have on others? Are you influencing people badly? Are you influencing people in a great way? Are you leading people to the world? Are you leading people to Jesus? Am I leading my children to Jesus? Or am I, am I having conversations with them and I've messed up in the past? Am I having conversations I should not be having with them? Right? I've done it in the past. I've messed up and I've came to them and I said, look, I'm sorry we had these conversations. I'm sorry I've talked about it. But from now on, don't bring none of that stuff home with you. Don't come ask me no questions about no superstars. Don't ask me no questions about no wrestlers. I will not have that conversation. I don't want to do it, right? They can be around me and, and Brother Robert and they hear the conversations we have. We talk about the Lord. We talk about people we're trying to help. We talk about uh, basically all we talk about anymore, right? And that is just in general with me, either it's me or Jamie or me or Robert or me or whoever. It, people say, well, Todd's real, real quiet. Like, he don't say much. Get him talking about the Lord. He will not shut up, right? That is how we should be. Uh, are you happy with, with your walk with God and with your influence with God? Are you just fine with, with attending church on Wednesday? Attending church on uh, Sunday? Maybe you're just fine uh, living an ordinary life any other way, right? I go to church on Wednesday. I go to church on Sunday. I pay my tithes. I wear my white shirt. I run around laps. I do things in church. I help people in church. But we're not salt. We're not light. We're worth nothing. Are you fine with that? Are you happy with that? I'm not happy with that. I've been thinking lately, like, even in my life, okay, am I fine with coming to church on Wednesday? Am I fine with coming to church two times on Sunday? Paying my tithes, whether I got money or not, right? I'm going to find a way to pay them. I'll take it out of my savings if I have to pay them. They're getting paid. You get my tithes yet? Bridget? Got them, right? I already did it. Good, good to go, right? I'm fine with, with coming. I'm, I'm not fine with just coming in here. I'm going to take a lap. I'm going to praise. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to get in. I'm going to read my Bible every single day. I'm going to pray every single morning. I'm just tired. I want more. I want something different. I want to change. I want to influence like Peter influenced. I want to go out and do something greater. I'm tired of just going out on the streets Friday, going to the jail three times a month, going to the rehab once a week, going here every now and then to preach, going to preach on the street, preaching up here every couple uh, every couple uh, we, uh, Wednesdays. I'm tired of it. I want more. I want different. I want greater. Do you? Do you want something different? Or you just want to keep walking that same old life? Right? No influence. Not helping anybody. No salt. No light. Just nothing. Right? You're worth no good. That's what Jesus says. You're worth no good if you're doing that. Right? We can go to all the camp meetings we want to. And I love camp meetings. I love the people. I love getting in. I love seeing people I hadn't seen. You can go there and you can look just as good as you want to. But it means nothing if you're not salt and light to this world. It means nothing. So everybody would, can we stand and pray? Dear Lord, we love you, Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us, God. We thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. God, we thank you for that great sacrifice you made. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for forgiveness of sins. We thank you for the power that that blood gives us to not go back to those sins, God, but to live above sin, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you for the, 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 the changed life that you give us, God. We thank you for your spirit that comes with inside of us and lives when we get saved, God. We love you. God, we thank you for that home, for that mansion, Lord, that you're preparing for us. We thank you. 
Jesus, that you will help us to make it all the way to the end. God, we love you and we thank you for these things. God, we can never repay you for that. We can never say thank you enough for that. We can never do enough. But God, we can do something, Lord. Help us to be light. Help us to be salt, God, to this world. Help us, Jesus, in here uh, to know whether we are saved or we're not saved. God, we know there's people in here who's not saved. God, we know there's people in here who may be saved, but they're not salt and they're not light and they're worth no good. God, I ask You to help us, Lord, to know which one we are. God, help us to come down to these altars. Help us to pray. God, help us to pray and pray and pray like we say. To pray all the way through. Help us to pray until it's settled. Help us to pray until it's done. Help us to pray until we're different and changed. Help us to pray until we have that walk with God that we want. Until we have that influence with people we want. If it takes us every single day to get in our knees, to get in our prayer closets and pray and pray and pray until we wake up that morning and we are our great influence. God, let it be. Jesus, we love you and we pray in your righteous and holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. I want everybody to gather, right? Every one of us, including Brother Jeff, including Sister Teresa, we can all have a greater walk with God. We can all get deeper with God. We're even Brother Robert who's been saved for 50 years, right? He can get deeper. He can learn more. He can grow with God. And if he can, and if the pastor and pastor's wife can, every last one of us in here can, right? We can have a greater influence on this world. We can have a greater influence on the, on the, on the city, on the county, on the uh, state, on the country, right? It can grow and it can grow and it can grow. Just one man. Look what Peter did. Just one man. Look at the influence he had. Just one man, right? And we can have that as well. Let's gather and let's pray.
Peace.